The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today we are still in our series entitled A Man After God's Own Heart about the life of David. Yesterday we began looking at a new job for David. David, who had been anointed king, went back initially to his father's sheep, and then he got a call from the palace. The servants of Saul needed someone to come play the harp for the king. As we left off yesterday, we were beginning to see that the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul And we were understanding that that did not mean that he was not a child of God or that he had been a child of God and then lost his salvation. Rather, that's talking about the spirit that guides and comforts and keeps us here in this life. He had lost the spirit of God in a timely sense, not in an eternal sense. And what a warning that ought to be for us, child of God. Even as children of God, we can lose the sense of God's felt presence through his comforting spirit through our disobedience. That's what happened to Saul. And David, rather than going down to depose Saul, acted in humility and obedience to God. He was willing to wait on God's timing and to serve God in the process. And we're beginning to see that that's part of being a man after God's own heart. That's one of the characteristics of David that caused God ultimately to call him a man after God's own heart. Join us today as we continue looking at the new job that David had that he did with humility and obedience to God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
chapter of 1 Samuel, we read about a time when Saul is so far broken in his fellowship with God, with God that God will not hear his prayers. So he, con he gets a woman to conjure up Samuel, and Samuel comes back, and he, he, he basically uh, chastises him for doing that, and he says to him this. He says, Saul, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me where I am. Where was Samuel? I believe Samuel's in heaven, right? <laughs> I believe he's in heaven. Saul was a child of God. But he was a child of God that, that had broken fellowship with God. And in that sense, we can lose the Spirit of God in a time way, in a timely way. Not in an eternal sense, but here and now. We can lose the Spirit of God. Isaiah 55 and verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Which tells us there may be a time when He may not be found. And this was not written to alien sinners. This was written to children of God. Child of God, seek the Lord while he may be found. Because if you continue on your own way and you continue on the path that Saul was on, on the path that Samson got on, on the path that uh, the prodigal son got on, there may be a time when he will not hear you in the sense of your prayers will not be answered by God. You know, we hear this all the time. Well, the Lord's not going to put on us more than we can bear. That's not what that verse says. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's another verse that people like to pull out, you know. That's not what the, that verse says. You may bear a load, you, you may have a load you cannot bear, child of God, as long as you're going in your own way. Here's what that verse says. It says, he'll not suffer us to be tempted above that which we are able. But God is faithful and will with the temptation make therewith a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. See, there's a way of escape. He said, oh, Lord won't put on us more than we can bear. Let me tell you, if you continue obstinately down that path, you're going to, bear, you're going to have a load you can't bear. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. But see, what God does in His faithful way is He makes a way of escape. You know what that way is? It's to turn around. <laughs> now, he says, I will arise and I'll go to my Father's house. He didn't say, Lord, I'm in the pig pen. I'm bearing too much. Take the load off of me. <laughs> You know what God's saying? No, I'm not answering that prayer. You're not where you're supposed to be. You're still my child. You're going to be in heaven one day, but you're going to experience hell on earth being away from Him. You know what He said? He said, I'll arise and I'll go back to my Father's house. That's the way of escape, child of God. That's the way of escape. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Now the context, as I said, is key. We won't belabor it, but if you go back to chapter 15 sometime of 1 Samuel, you'll read about what the problem is with Saul. And it didn't begin there, but it culminated there. And God told in the first three verses, God gave him specific instructions. said, Saul, you go down to Amalek because of all the wicked things that are going on there, which I don't have time to go through. 
and all the problems that this place has caused me, and you destroy them. And you destroy all their cattle and all their sheep and everything out there. There were specific instructions, but Saul, as we do from time to time, instead of taking the clear instruction of the Word of God, liked to interpret it according to his own desires. He said, okay, well, I'll go down there and we'll kill everybody but the king. Because, <laughs> you see, I want, to, I want to be able to parade the king in front of my people. That'll help establish my kingship, see. They'll see what a great warrior I am. And I'm not going to kill all the the best of the cattle and the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen. Why would I do that? Because <laughs> that stuff's some good stuff. And of course, you know the rest of the story. Samuel comes along and, and as, he, as, he, as he shows up, Saul sees him and he does like we used to do. I, I used to do. Let me just confess. Like I used to do when I'd get in trouble. I knew I wasn't doing right. I knew I hadn't done what Daddy had told me to do. And I see Daddy coming, so before he could get there, I come walking out and say, Hey, Daddy, I've done what you said. You know, I've done the will. I've done your will. <laughs> Hoping he wasn't going to go look, you know, and see that I hadn't. <laughs> That's what Saul's doing there in the, about the ninth verse. He says, he says to Samuel, he says, Behold, I've done the will of God. <laughs> and I love that vision, that, that little mental image of Samuel. I can just see him putting his hand behind his ear saying, what then meaneth this lowing of the cattle that I hear and the bleeding of the sheep? <laughs> what is it? Oh, and Saul said, oh, well, you know, that. Now, let me tell you about that. Uh, the people took of the best of the sheep and oxen. But we were going to sacrifice it to God. We were going to do that. And then Samuel makes that statement in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15 that we would all do well to remember. Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. And he goes on to say something very startling. He says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Yeah. And you know in the law what he said about witchcraft? He said, You'll not suffer a witch to live. He said, Rebellion is just like that. God hates rebellion. And because of this, we're told that Samuel told him from the message from God, Saul, you're no longer king. God has sought out a man better than you to be king in your stead. And that's what brings us to verse 14 of chapter 16. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. See, that's the context. This is not an eternal consequence, but this is a time consequence of his actions here and now. And because of that, because of his disobedience, the guiding spirit of God departed from him. And this evil spirit came and it, we're told troubled him. That word troubled, it, it carries the idea of being terrified or startled. It's the idea of suddenness. So from time to time, it's like he would be afflicted. He would have a, a fit. He would have a, a, some sort of affliction just out of the blue. We might call it mental illness today. We might call it uh, something else. But whatever it was, in that day, uh, this was from God. Now let me just say to you, everything, you know, sometimes we, we preachers tend to say, well, you can fix everything without medication. You just go to the Word of God. There are some afflictions. There are some mental afflictions that cannot be fixed without the help of the medications of the doctor. They're physical in nature. They're physical in nature. But I will tell you this. There is no affliction that cannot be helped by the Word of God. And there are many afflictions that come upon us, and I've experienced some of them that were directly related to my disobedience. That's right. And that's what's happened here. So, the Spirit of God leaves Saul, and now the servants of Saul seek a solution. 
The servants of Saul seek a solution. Look at verse 15. Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let now our Lord command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Now I want to say to you, this was their solution, but their suggestion was not a very good one, was it? It wasn't a very good one, was it? Is this really what Saul needed? Did Saul really need somebody to come play some music? Now look, music can calm and soothe the troubled soul. There are times when I'm going to court or I'm going to work or I'm having trouble somewhere and I'll put on uh, through my, uh, off of my iPhone, I'll, I'll put in uh, the songs of some of our singing here at church. Uh, boy, I'm, I can't wait to get this one from this morning. It was so good. And I'll start playing that and it lifts my spirits and I get back in the kind of mood I need to be in. So yes, singing and song can soothe the troubled soul. But is that really what Saul needed? Listen, Saul didn't need to be refreshed. Saul needed to repent. <laughs> he needed to repent. You know, we're told in Isaiah 59 and verse 1 and 2, he says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. That's talking to children of God. Understand me. That's not what Saul needed. Saul didn't need David or some other man to come play the harp for him. Saul needed to repent and do God's will. They should have told him to deal with the source of his problem. The source of his depression and discouragement was his sin. And they should have told him, you need to get right with God. Yes, that's a biblical term. Not in the sense of eternity, but in the sense of here and now with our fellowship. You need to get your heart right with God. You know, today's counsel is medicated. Cover it up. Drink your depression away. Drugs, whatever it may be. Child of God, we need to deal with the source and not the symptoms. Their suggestion was not a very good one, but their selection was inspired. Their selection was inspired. Look at verse 18. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing, a mighty man, valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Six things here, five things, I guess you might say. Five qualifications. What a resume he had. He was a skillful musician, he was a mighty warrior. He was a prudent speaker. He, you know, a, a, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of yep. silver. <laughs> he was that kind of guy. He could say the right thing at the right time. I've been so guilty so many times of saying the right thing at the wrong time or the wrong thing at the right time. You know, I get it all mixed up. But David wasn't like that. He was prudent. <clears throat> he was he was able to he, he was able to say the right thing at the right time. He was a good-looking young man. He was handsome. He was charismatic. He had personal magnetism, if you will. But most important of all, they said, "The Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. He's a godly man. He's a man the Lord has blessed, and he lives faithfully to the to the Lord." Let, let me tell you something. If if any if there were any compliment that I that I desire or that we all of us should desire, it's not that we would be 
the best looking, the, the, most, the most intelligent, the best athlete, the best at business, the, you know, the, the greatest warrior. It's that we would be considered a godly person. The Lord, if somebody would ever to say, you know what, I know old Chris, he's got his faults. He's got a whole lot of problems. He ain't near as good looking as he used to be. He ain't near as strong as he used to be. He ain't near as smart as somebody else. But he, the Lord is with him. I'll take that. I'll take that. That ought to be our desire. Their selection was inspired by God. And now we see that the sweet psalmist of Israel goes to sing for the king. And notice in verse 19 how humble he was in his approach. It says, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. He comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he came straight from the sheepfold. Remember what we said before, and we're going to talk about it next week for sure because we're going to talk about chapter 17 and his... his uh, his uh, fight with Goliath. But you remember what we've said before? Where is it that God trains His servants to fight giants? Where is it? Is it in some great school of gladiators somewhere? Is it in is some of the greatest seminaries in the world? No. It's back out there on the hillsides shepherding those smelly old sheep where nobody's watching where nobody's paying attention, where it's just you and God. Yeah. And you're out there preparing for the battle and not even knowing it. You know, you understand that, and, and for, today, for us today, you might boil that down to the home. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, and I, I put myself in this category too, sometimes we're different when we're in public than we are at home. But do you understand that the home is the crucible where the ser your service to God is preparing? You know, you can't, if you want to know about me, ask my children or ask my wife. Please don't. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want them to, if, and if they ask y'all, y'all lie, okay? Please. <laughs> Tell them what a great guy I am. I don't want them to know how, how bad I can be at home and how, how selfish I can be at home, how self-focused I can be at home. But, you know, our goal ought to be that in our lives at home, which is where we, where we really live, that that's where we serve God the best and the most. Out there on the hillside, he took him from the sheep. He'd been anointed king. And he went back to the sheepfold. Yeah. If I'd been anointed king, I'd be walking around my brother saying, hey, bow to me, bow to me. You know, I'm the man. I'm fixing to be the man. You better not forget this one day. Not David. David went back to the sheep and he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. <laughs> and remember, David is not going to be king. He's already king That's in right. the sight of God. And yet he's headed to Jerusalem on this lowly donkey to serve this madman who is still seated on the throne. But notice this, in verses 21 through 23, he was faithful in his service. David came to Saul and stood before him. He loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. 
And Saul sent to Jesse and said, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. It says he stood before the king. What he's saying here is, I'm ready and reporting for duty. It's as if a, a marine is, is standing at attention, ready to do the bidding of his master. This is the king. This is the new king, the 16, 17-year-old boy who is really king in the sight of God, standing ready to serve. And Saul loved him, we're told. Now we're going to see that that relationship goes sour, but it's not David's fault. It's not David's fault. Remember this, child of God, when we serve one another, we build a bond of love that can... I won't say it can't be broken, but it's hard to break it. One of the things we do here, and Primitive Baptist Church does as a practice, is when we do communion, we engage in the foot washing service. Many people think, well, foot wash, that's weird, isn't it? Well, if you read the 13th chapter of John, you'll see that our Lord Himself, we're told that He, he laid aside His garments and girded Himself with a towel, got out on His hands and knees, and washed his disciples' feet. The very ones that would betray him within 24 hours. Peter himself, who would curse and swear and say, I never knew, he washed his feet. You know, I believe that was one of the reasons Peter went out and wept bitterly when it came back to him. He's remembering the Lord's head as he's bowed down before him, the Lord of glory. I can't imagine what those angels thought. <laughs> Angels standing there say, what's he doing? Wait, what, what is he doing? Do they not know he's king of kings and lord of lords? And this is Peter who's going to betray him. This is the disciples that have been fussing about who was the greatest in the kingdom. And he's washing their feet. You know what he said to us? He said, if I do this for you, ye ought to wash one another's feet. You know why? Because we can't go up to him and lay our head on his breast as the disciple John did. Oh, how I'd long to do that. Wouldn't that be awesome if you could go to our Lord as you could your father if, if, if he's still living or if you had a good father. Just go lay your head on his breast and be comforted in that way. But we can't do that now. He's seated on the throne. He's back in heaven. He's here with us spiritually, but not physically. But guess what? I can wash your feet. I can serve you. And that's what that service is all about. And that's what's happening here. Saul loves David because David who is the king nonetheless serves in a humble way and Saul was refreshed and that word means he breathed easy he breathed easy you know I think some some of what Saul was experiencing was something akin to maybe a panic attack or anxiety and you know you get to the point where you just can't you just can't handle things and you, and you have a panic attack and and, and all of us have experienced those kinds of anxiety, uh, that kind of anxiety from time to time. And yet, when he played with his harp and he was served by this young shepherd boy, he was refreshed. What are the lessons, preacher, as we close? First of all, as I've already said, music can be a great ministry to those who are miserable. If you, you're needing to be refreshed, put you on some good singing. Not the kind that the world's got going out there that's thumping and beating and all that, okay? Put you on some good singing, some good, good choir singing, good gospel music. Good. I, what, what I love, as I said, is, is your voice is lifted up in song. I love to listen to that. Secondly, the training for leading 
is serving. Serving. Kind of a theme is running through this, isn't it? We're going to see it much more. The training for leading is serving. And, and also, let me just say this as we close. Notice what God did providentially here. God used the gifts that David had to train him for leading. He didn't step outside and say, okay, you've done pretty good on the sheepfold. You've done pretty good playing the harp, but now we're going to teach you how to be a master on the sword or a master of the chariots. No, he took his gifts that he had and he used them where he was. Just like David wouldn't wear Saul's armor in the next chapter, he used the weapons that he was skilled on. David wouldn't try to be somebody he wasn't. And you don't need to try to be somebody you aren't either. God will use you where you are, if you are in His will. And notice also that God providentially brought this shepherd boy who is now king in God's sight from the sheepfold to the palace. <laughs> and while, while he was serving Saul, David was learning how to be king. This old shepherd boy out here didn't know the intricacies and the ins and outs of the palace and who was who and that sort of thing. He was just taking care of those sheep. But now God providentially has carried him to a place where he is learning how to be king. He's seeing what's going on. And I want to tell you, child of God, the Lord does that with us in our lives. So if you want to be a leader, you have to first learn to be a server. And if you want people to submit to you, you have to first learn submission. And let me leave you with this. You can always trust God to get you where you need to be. Now that's not some kind of, God's not moving you like a puppet. As I've said many times, you know, it's hard to steer a car when the motor's not running, right? <laughs> Try to do that. Go cut your motor off. Don't do it. <laughs> if you do it, do it in the parking lot. Go turn off the key and try to turn that car. It's not going to do very well, is it? But if that car's running, you can steer it. See, if our motor is running for God, He'll steer us in the right direction. Yeah. Serve Him. Seek Him. And you know what? He just might take a little shepherd boy and put him in the palace and prepare him to be king. He can still do that today. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.